Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 13, 13 of the Galaxy CDs, Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. My name is Ryan and I am coming to you as always from the Batcave. I gave some serious, serious thought about just skipping 13 and going straight to 14 with the way 2020 has gone for many folks. Uh, man, I'm not normally a superstitious guy, but it's been a rough one out there and, uh, in the end, I decided, you know, it's just a number. Let's just run with it. So uh, I guess I'll fill you in in the weeks to come about how that worked out for me. So episode number 13 of this particular podcast. In this episode, we will have the normal uh, Galaxy CDs Rocks business recap. We will have some viewer slash listener comments and questions. I'll have a quick reselling tip, but we're going to start off. News updates. We're going straight to the news because it was a big, big week of black eyes for reselling platforms, not necessarily for resellers themselves, but uh, some of the platforms that we use suffered um, some less than spectacular press, let's say. So I want to start off with uh, eBay had on Friday their celebration, and I had initially registered to attend I got the email, it seemed like forever ago, and they said, if you registered early, you'd get this box of swag. I went ahead and registered, never got the box of swag, which is no big deal. It, uh, it's probably a bunch of little trinkets and a t-shirt, but um, just another one of those things where I know a lot of folks talk about eBay kind of not following through on the things they say they're going to do, and this was an example in my case where it didn't happen. As it turned out, I did not attend the celebration. Um We'll get into why when we kind of get into the business recap, but I decided my time was better spent doing some other things. So I did not attend. If you did, uh, please let me know how it went. I'd just be curious whether it was worth all the hoopla. They've been talking about it for what seems like six weeks. So if you're watching this on YouTube, leave me a comment about the event and what you thought. If you're listening to the podcast, you can shoot me an email at galaxycds at gmail.com or feel free to go to anchor.fm slash galaxy cds rocks and leave me a voicemail voice mail easy for me to say voice message that's easier <laughs> uh and maybe i'll play it in next week's episode so uh but with that let's get uh, stuck into the news here um we're gonna do these in alphabetical order just because they're all so crazy so uh amazon had several employees, former employees, and consultants um, accused of bribery this week. So allegedly, it's a 38-page indictment that was released, it looks like on the 18th originally, and just kind of started percolating into the news this week, where they were essentially gaming the algorithm to direct potential buyers to specific sellers who had made payments to insiders at Amazon who redirected customers to their listings. So shoppers were unaware that their purchasing decisions, quote, were being influenced by bribes and kickbacks. Um, just an, another, you know, real rough deal for Amazon uh, you know, they, they love to broadcast, you know, their stories of, you know, small business people being propelled to new heights and making all kinds of money and doing all kinds of stuff. And then, you know, you get something like this where uh, apparently, according to Bloomberg Business Week, 
the ring stole terabytes of confidential company data and devised ways to game the system so some merchants would get more business while their competitors got shut down, uh, according to the Justice Department. Some scammers got products Amazon had removed for safety reasons put back on the site. Um, For a few hundred dollars, you can get an Amazon insider to erase negative customer reviews about your products. Five grand would buy a takedown in which company consultants conspired to eliminate a competitor from the site by buying its products and leaving negative feedback that they knew would trigger a suspension of the product. The enterprise, all told, scammed more than $100 million from Amazon and its customers by way of these and other quote-unquote competitive benefits according to prosecutors. So this is an, another, you know, not ideal situation for a lot of resellers' favorite reselling platform, Amazon, where I think people have always felt that there was some gamesmanship in the system. And here again, you have a case where just outright bribery and kickbacks were directing customers to specific merchandise or getting other people's listings completely eliminated so not a good situation apparently this has gone on for years and years and has just now kind of come to light uh, amazon of course is uh, cooperating fully with the fbi um, two of the former defendants are uh, i'm sorry two of the defendants rather are former employees who worked in seller support positions in india um, and they now run their own consulting businesses how convenient so <laughs> uh amazing So there's that, Amazon. Uh, Moving on in the alphabet, we're going to go to E, eBay. You may remember we talked about this in a podcast. Man, it's probably been a couple of months ago where the eBay, some of their their team members and their security apparatus were accused of attacking people and blogs and whatnot that were putting out negative information about eBay. Well, this week, four former eBay employees are expected to plead guilty to charges that they led a cyber stalking campaign against an online newsletter's editor and publisher. Uh, The four people who are scheduled to plead guilty are Stephanie Pop, eBay's former senior manager of global intelligence, Stephanie Stockwell, former manager of eBay's global intelligence center, Veronica Zay, a former eBay contractor who worked as an intelligence analyst and Brian Gilbert, a former senior manager of special operations for eBay's global security team. Uh, a hearing for a waiver of indictment indictment, and plea to information is scheduled for October 8th, so a couple of weeks from now. And the upcoming guilty pleas were announced on Twitter by the U.S. Attorney's Office in Massachusetts. There were initially six eBay workers charged with conspiracy to commit cyber stalking and conspiracy to tamper with witnesses. Uh, Those charges can each be punished with up to five years in the pokey or three years of supervised release and a fine of up to $250,000 and restitution. Uh, The two former individuals who are not included in these expected guilty pleas Uh, James Baugh, eBay's former senior director of safety and security, and David Harville, eBay's former director of global resiliency. A seventh former employee, uh, Philip Cook, a former supervisor of security operations at eBay's European and Asian offices, was charged in July. Um, So this isn't really new information per se. This is just kind of the culmination of things that have been going on kind of in the background now for 
since June. I think this uh, initially kind of came to light in June. So uh, not a good look for eBay. Certainly not a good look going into fourth quarter. The timing, you probably would have preferred that this could have maybe quietly dragged out until after the holiday season. But uh, there it is. Um, you'll notice as I went through that, the list was all former, former, former. All of these people got the X. So, you know, as soon as eBay, to their credit, as soon as they found out about it, they took action. These folks all no longer work for eBay. Um, so good on them. I get it. And we're going to talk about this in the quick reselling tip. All that negative energy that is pushed towards eBay. Yeah, I'm sure it was very frustrating. And there was a lot of pressure on eBay to get positive results. They had a new, I think, a hedge fund investor who was watching everything. So, I mean, I get the pressures that were on them. But, you know, sending cockroaches and, you know, bloody fake bloody pig's heads and all kinds of stuff like that. I mean, it just clearly there's no place for it in the business world. It's juvenile and nonsensical on the face of it. And it's completely absurd. So uh, we'll see. I don't know what <clears throat> I didn't see anything about what the expected result of the plea is. Um, I assume they will probably get off a little bit lighter than the max penalty since they've uh, agreed to plead guilty, but uh, we'll see what that looks like. That is uh, October 8th. So this will continue to be in the news for at least another few weeks. Continuing on through the litany of black eyes and alphabetically uh, Shopify announced that rogue employees stole data from merchants. Uh, Shopify Incorporated has said two employees stole data from more than 100 merchants. They consider these to be rogue employees of Shopify's support team. Uh, they were involved in a scheme to obtain customer transactional records from some of these merchants. The company noted that fewer than 200 sellers were affected. Um, customer transaction records from some of the merchants were obtained by hackers on September 15th, according to an email sent to customers by 100% Pure, a cosmetics retailer that uses the Shopify platform. So this is fairly recent. Um, this, this, this is brand new. Um, so Shopify discovered this fairly quickly and has acted on it. Uh, Rick Kostick, the chief executive officer, said, we deeply value the trust of our customers and we're sorry that this incident has questioned it. Uh, carefully evaluating the extent of this incident with Shopify and will take all necessary and immediate actions to prevent this from happening again. Uh, he is the uh, CEO of 100% uh, Pure, to be clear, not of Shopify. Uh, Shopify has terminated those two employees' access to its network, and the company is working with the FBI and other international agencies that are investigating what it called criminal acts. Uh, Shopify shares slipped more than 1% in extended trading last week. Uh, this was as of Tuesday, so I didn't follow it through the rest of the week, so I don't know how it did. Uh, the data may have had customer emails, names, addresses, and order details, uh, complete payment card numbers, or other sensitive personal or financial information, Shopify says, were not part of the incident. So, again, uh, certainly not ideal. If you're in the online space, this kind of stuff, unfortunately, seems to be just inevitable that someone is going to try to obtain your data um, for deeper, darker, more evil purposes. So 
Um, protect yourself, obviously. Um, I actually, for a lot of these, use a credit card that only has a $300 limit on it. So in the event that something gets really sideways and my data gets compromised, the most I can be on the hook for before it gets caught is 300 bucks. So that might be an option for you. Uh, if you're thinking about some way to secure your identity online and keep your money safe, get a really low limit credit card and use that for these sorts of things. Um, that way, if things go totally sideways, you're not on the hook for a bunch. So that was that's kind of the news, man. I wish it was better. <laughs> it was a, a long week of kind of bad news for these folks for the different uh, different reselling platforms. So hopefully we'll get into Q4 here in the next few days. Uh, it's about a week away before it kind of officially theoretically kicks off. Things really don't get kicking, obviously, till closer to Thanksgiving, but we'll at least be in that time zone. And uh, with that, let's let's do something a little more fun and all that bad news. Let's talk about some uh, viewer and listener comments and questions. Uh, In response to a video and the podcast I did on Wednesday of last week, how I track and store media inventory for reselling, uh, Jennifer R. said, um, where is it here? Oh, I had commented about how to pack 78 RPM records because I was having some of them damaged. And she mentioned a... Um, a video by Don, the auction professor that I should go check out. And E. Jones commented that the video is actually called the Ultimate eBay Media Mail Shipping How-To Guide. So if you're interested in that, uh, go check that out. I did go check that out. And really interesting the way he packs 78s. And on in hindsight, of course, it makes total sense. He's He's using a box that for my money is essentially way too big, but what he's doing is he is packing underneath it with kind of like void fill old newspaper um, to give a cushion, to give some kind of like almost shock absorption and doing the same on top. So he's packing the thing almost in a record mailer like I am. And then he's suspending that in a larger box in this newspaper so that if the box gets smashed, jostled around, it's that stuff that absorbs that shock rather than the record itself. So a uh, good tip, really good video. Um, go check that out again. Don, the auction professor on YouTube. The video is called the ultimate eBay media mail shipping how to guide. Um, if I think about it when I'm editing this and putting it up on YouTube, I'll actually link to that video in the description and in the show notes. But thank you to Jennifer R and E Jones for pointing that out. Uh, much appreciated. That was very helpful. Most of the rest of the stuff he was doing are things I'm pretty much doing already, but that one was really causing me problems. So that was very helpful. Uh, Birdman commented on uh, last week's podcast about always be sourcing. Uh, he essentially agreed. He, uh, Yeah, Birdman. I'm going to go with the fact that it's a man, not, not a woman. But uh, always be sourcing, but only if it's good inventory and more importantly, if it doesn't take too much time. I hit my main two book sources twice a week for about four hours each day, and I have a ton of inventory. Uh, It's organized, and it was great to have during the lockdown. I was in the same boat. I had bought a couple of huge lots of books prior to the March uh, COVID lockdown, and that inventory held me through until things kind of cut loose again. I keep telling myself that all the stuff I've been buying is in case we go on shutdown again, but it appears less and less likely 
that we're actually going to do that. It looks like we're just going to take this thing on the chin and a roll with the punches, but uh, there you go. Um, he says, my main sources are too valuable to give up. You want to be available like Lonnie is for his guy. He's referring to Lonnie at Shed Flips on YouTube. He's got a guy. I don't know where this guy gets all his stuff, but he's constantly reaching out to Lonnie with really good finds that he is selling in kind of bulk quantity to Lonnie. So if you're not familiar with him, check out Lonnie on Shed Flips. I have no idea who his guy is. They never name him, but uh, he is a good guy to have. So if you've got a source like that, and I've mentioned in a couple of these podcasts previously, my friend Gwen, who is an estate uh, seller, she reaches out to me when she's got things that I think that she thinks I would be interested in. I always make it a point at least once or twice a month to get to her sales and buy some stuff at her asking price just to keep the relationship moving along. And that's kind of what he's referring to here. So uh, if you're good at connections, you don't go sourcing your sources, call you. And ideally, I think all of us would like to get to that point. Um, most of us probably never quite get to, and even Lonnie, to be fair, still goes out. He still hits. He just did, if you follow him at all, you've probably already seen, he did a big, big cosmetics buy at a store that was closing up. The stuff was all like, I don't know, 75 or 90% off or some ridiculous. He bought like ten or $12,000 worth of stuff. Um, so he still, even though he's got a guy, he still continues to source. So, uh, thank you for the comment, Birdman. Um, Francisco Martin Del Campo says, being a part-time reseller, I am oversourcing. I uh, guess I'm saving it for when I go full-time, but I'm just running out of space. So I'm working on it. I did not source in the last three weeks. Not sure how long I can hold back. Uh, we get garage sales year-round plus estate sales. I'm not sourcing for lack of space and time to dedicate to listing. And that, like I mentioned in the podcast last week, can certainly be, you know, my garage is full. I already told Gwen, say, hey, I was at an estate sale over the weekend, bunch of books that I didn't want to pay her her price. I did buy some stuff from her, which we'll get into in a minute. But um, told her at the end of the sale, if you want to get rid of this stuff, let me know and I'll take it. I'll figure out how to get it in there. But you do eventually, if you're not able to get it listed, you can't obviously sell it and it just starts to accumulate and you can, you can run out of room. I had also mentioned in that podcast last week that um, I had done a Craigslist ad during kind of the, the lull in the season where there wasn't a lot of estate sales and there were virtually no garage sales. And Terry Zellers reached out and said, how did you write your Craigslist ad? So I answered it in, in the video comments, but I'll just kind of give you the, the, in a nutshell, I just ran an ad that basically said, I pay cash for collections of CDs, Blu-ray movies, books, hobby and craft magazines, science fiction digests, and more. If you have a collection of any size you'd like to have out of your way, let me make you a cash offer and haul it away for you so you don't have to. I reserve the right to decline to make an offer if the items don't fit what I'm looking for or, of course, due to their condition. Send me your collection information and some photos and let's make a deal. Um, I did have some that I refused to make offers on because they just weren't in the kind of condition that I wanted or they weren't things that I thought would probably sell. I made a couple of offers that were turned down because they were, you know, I'm obviously I'm trying to resell, so I'm not trying to pay retail for stuff. So I had some folks that, you know, they weren't real thrilled <laughs> uh, with their offers, but I've talked about that in a previous broad, um, podcast as well. Don't be afraid to take a no. It's, 
it's only worth what it's worth to you or to me. And, and if the seller doesn't want to sell, they're not obliged to accept the offer. And, you know, if they get offended, I, you know, I apologize, but that's what they're worth to me. You can take it or leave it and we'll part friends and we'll call it a day, but don't be afraid to take that. No, make the offer. I've had a couple of instances where people initially said no. And then weeks later reached out to me again. They're still sitting on the stuff and suddenly they're a little more motivated. And uh, I think I mentioned it in the big lot of old, like forties era romance books that I picked up hardbacks. The guy said, you know what? We give up. I think you're right. Your offer looks to be fair because I can't sell these things. So sometimes uh, they come back to you later. So thank you for the comment, uh, Francisco. Thanks as always for watching. Um, Thank you, Terry, for your question on the Craigslist ad. And the last one I've got for this week, uh, Blue Nose Flips says, I agree with sourcing to keep the hunger alive. Uh, It's not surprising that I'm heavier on listing after yard sales as the week goes on. It certainly seems to become a chore. The thrill of the hunt is strong. (laughs) And that is, like I talked about in the podcast last week, that is absolutely the case. There is nothing like that adrenaline rush of going out, finding something that you either know right away is really valuable or discreetly calling it up on the eBay app and seeing, holy smokes, this is a nice score. So... Um, with that, we're going to take a quick sponsor break, uh, shout out to my man, Timmy P who is a individual contributor and to Alice goes nomad, who is another, and to all of you who watch the videos on YouTube or listen to the podcasts, uh, this week, the podcast crossed the 1000 listens threshold and the YouTube channel crossed 6,000 views in the grander scheme of things. That's an episode for a lot of folks. But for me, I felt like that was quite an achievement. So thank you to all of you for taking some time and stopping by and to continue to come back and subject yourself to this nonsense (laughs) on an ongoing basis. With that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, it's time for a quick reselling tip This probably isn't directly related to the actual act of reselling. It's more about your attitude towards reselling. And what I would say to you is don't take it personally. If you spend any time on any of the various Facebook groups dedicated to reselling, you've probably seen exactly what I'm talking about. People that are so bent out of shape about customer questions, returns, adjustments, whatever it is, um, mistakes, glitches at eBay or at Poshmark or wherever your platform of choice is, they take it so personally and you get so stressed out. And I think that really affects your overall performance, certainly professionally and probably personally as well. So don't take it so personally. This is, these are business transactions in anything that you do, whether you work for yourself or for someone else things go wrong. Um, uh, There's an old adage in the military about the best laid plans are great until the first shot is fired and then it's a chaos. And that's, this is kind of the same thing. And you just can't internalize all of those things that go wrong. You've got to just let it roll off your back 
it's a business issue. It's an obstacle. It's a hurdle to be overcome so that you can get on with making money. The customer that wants to return something, whether it's a scam or not a scam in the big scheme of things, doesn't really make any difference. It's all about getting the situation resolved to the best that you can and getting on to the next thing, getting on to making money. Um, I see tons and tons and tons of posts on the Facebook groups and I see YouTubers who is essentially their entire channel is nothing but customer dilemmas and drama or eBay dilemmas and drama. And it's just, it strikes me as fairly clickbaity for one thing, because, uh, you know, all the negativity certainly sells, but man, it's just, I can't imagine walking around with that on my shoulders all the time. So if I could give you one tip uh, that is not really directly related to the reselling, it would be don't take this stuff personally. It's not, it's not directed at you. It's a business situation and you just need to be professional, overcome it and get on to the next thing. And I think you'll live a happier life and you'll be a more productive and more successful reseller. So hopefully that helps some folks. Probably not. <laughs> I think people just like to really be negative with some of that stuff. Um, but man, if you can just calm down and not let that stuff really just drive you nuts, I think you'll be better for it. So that is my quick reselling tip for this week. Do with that what you will. And now... It's time for the weekly Galaxy CDs Rocks Business Recap. I wish I had better news to report. Let me reach over here and get it. As ugly as it is. I shouldn't say that. I just said, don't take it personally. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, this sucks. Uh, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't that terrible. Um, sales were not that good for the week. And I know it's kind of that, you know, post back to school, pre fourth quarter lull. And I think when I looked back, I kind of experienced the same thing last year. So I was, I really wasn't all that upset about it. Um, but it's just, I coming off a couple of pretty good weeks this week actually started off pretty solid and then just kind of tailed off and never really rebounded. So we'll start with uh listing for the week. This was a little, uh, a little light <laughs> as well. This week I only managed to get 151 listings done. So I think two weeks ago, I was at 180. That's the lowest I had been in, man, probably months. Now I'm at 151. To give myself a little bit of leeway, um, if you've been following along, you know I do these dealer trade drives for the Volkswagen store. I did two of those this week. I was gone most of Monday and half of the day on Thursday, so I did lose quite a bit of time to that. Friday, I did go out sourcing. Um, most of the day I didn't get home until about four o'clock. So I did do a few listings from the stuff that I sourced just to kind of get that moving. Um, but for the, for the week only 151. So got to get back on that horse next week. Uh, for the month that left me at 719, I don't think I'm going to get to a thousand this month. So, um, almost 300 in the few days that remain is probably a stretch, but I'll, I'll probably get close to 900 by the time it's all said and done, maybe a little over. So we'll take that sourcing. I did go out just the one day I went out on Friday and I got on estatesales.net and I found four sales that I really wanted to hit. And I essentially just ignored the garage sales. 
Um, these four estate sales looked like they were going to be really, really good. So I didn't plan any garage sales in my route. I did end up hitting up a couple that I passed by while I was out. But my target was really just these four estate sales. One of them, total bust. Nothing there. It's junk. I mean, it was bad. Uh, I watched, as I was pulling up, I saw three groups of people walking away, none of whom had anything in their hands, which is usually a good sign that there's not much there. I went through it all. Nothing. It was really, it was not good. It was not a productive use of my time or my gas. But that happens. The other three, however, were really, really good. In the end, I spent $129. And of the stuff that I've already managed to get listed, my listed asking price is a, a little over $1,200. And I think what I've got left to list is probably another two to 300 So we'll call it $1,500 worth of stuff at retail eBay retail uh, for $129. So I'll do a little better theoretically than 10x my money. I would, uh, th that's good money. I will take that. So that was a pretty productive day. One of the sales was Gwen. I picked up um, two or three book sets there that I got for, uh, it was essentially a dollar a book. The one was a 25 volume set. Um, I think it's called The History of Nations. I currently have it listed for, I got 25 books, a buck a piece, so $25 in the set. I have it listed for $349.99, um, and within an hour of it being listed, it had 22 views, so I, I think that is probably going to be a good score, and obviously that would essentially double my money for the day, so we're looking forward to what I can get done with that, so good day of sourcing. On the selling front, like I said, not... It wasn't a terrible week, but it was not in the uh, kind of $1,300 range that we've been doing. Uh, for last week, it was 11 10 and 4 cents. Cost of goods sold was only $48.21, which was quite good. That left my gross profit margin at 95.66%. So close to that 96 uh, that I've been hitting there for a while. $1,061.83 gross profit. So very, very solid. This was the week, unfortunately, however, that I had to take the last big eBay invoice. Um, there, I saw a video, I think it was Flippin' Ain't Easy, that mentioned that this happened to him as well. So essentially, if you, were, if you had your primary payment account set up as PayPal for your invoice, if you were a mid-month invoice, it usually came out real close to the end of the month, 28th, 29th, 30th. I switched to managed payments. I knew I wasn't going to have money in my PayPal account to cover that. So I switched it to deduct it directly from a business credit card. And it came out this week. So within a week of the invoice actually hitting, they billed me for it. So uh, essentially a full week earlier than I'm normally accustomed to. It's not really that big a deal. I was surprised by it. Um, he was really ticked off about it. I didn't really think it was that big a deal. I knew it was coming out anyway. I'd already planned for it. I'd already made the decision that I was going to do it on this points card to make a little bit of money back instead of doing it through PayPal, which I probably really should have been doing all the, all along anyway. So it wasn't that crushing of a blow, uh, but it did hit a week earlier than normal and it was almost $500. So my operating expenses for the week totaled 875.13, 
So you can see from that, um, most of it was almost $500 of it was the eBay invoice for what essentially amounted to a little over three weeks worth. In the future, it should only be a handful of auction listings, maybe any return postage, if I ship anything FedEx, um, and my store subscription fee, which is $59.99 or $59.95, whatever it is a month. So it should be $65, $70 a month, something like that max, not these massive one-time hits of $500. Uh, so $875.13 operating expenses. So my net profit for the week sad face, but it's, you know, it's expenses that should have been split out over all those other weeks. At least this month when that bill hit, I was still in the good last, last month. As you recall, I showed a $28 loss that week. I think it was. So we'll take that, uh, better than a kick in the head. So with that, that about wraps it up for today. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, Please tell a friend, share it. If you're on YouTube, please do me a favor and whack that thumbs up button. Again, share this. I have been stuck on 316 to 317 subscribers on YouTube now for over a month. So if you know someone else who's into reselling, uh, share this thing with them and get them on board. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you as always, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.